welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Actually, the first question I have is, sorry, I should have not hit record this. Alyssa Gelati, yes? No, it's Alicia Gelati. Alicia, thank you. Alicia, Alicia Gelati, Alicia Gelati. Okay, here we go. Gelati, not like gelato. Galati, like, yeah, it's... (laughs) Alicia Galati, Alicia Galati. Okay, here we go. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, I have a very special guest. Alicia Galati has been listening to podcasts since 2015, and she knows what goes into creating a standout podcast that captures your audience's attention even before they press play. She's helped coaches and thought leaders launch and maintain over 50 podcasts and has developed a signature thorough system to launching and managing podcasts so you don't have to stress about anything falling through the cracks. She lives in sunny North Carolina with her two kiddos and husband. When not helping her clients, Alicia can be found reading over 200 books a year. I have to ask you about that later. Hiking and exploring the zoo with her boys. Welcome to the show. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Lance. I am so excited. Yeah, I'm excited for our audience because uh, I know we have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen who and potential entrepreneurs and I know people also think that like the podcast market is saturated, um, but I'm I'm of the opinion everybody has a story to tell. There's all kinds of ways to do it, market it, and we'll get into that. Um, but before we and before we do, tell us tell us how you got here. I'm always curious about you're you're an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. How, how, are you first? Where does that spirit come from? Yeah, so I grew up <laughs> in a cult with a single mom, wow. and always felt like, you know, if I ever become a mom, uh, or even not, like I am going to really take the reins of my life because there was such a lack of control. Um, my mom was an addict. So there was a lot of dysfunction in the home. Uh, she's since passed, which is why I say was, uh, and it's just, there's, there was so much of my childhood that felt, like such a lack of control that I knew as an adult, I needed to just kind of grab the reins of my life and do what I wanted to do. And so from there, I ended up getting a manufacturing job and worked in a plant with, you know, 150 guys to maybe five women. So very male dominated industry, owned my awesomeness, did great, never really had any intention of leaving corporate job. I did not ever think that I would be a full-time entrepreneur. Here we are. Uh, Ended up moving from New Jersey to North Carolina with my husband. I was pregnant with my second kid at the time. Was doing great and thought, you know, I'm I'm driving an hour, 15 minutes, one way just to get to work. I'm barely seeing my kids. I want to see if I can find a job more that's closer to where we live. At that time, I had already been building my side hustle business of doing online marketing, digital content, all of those things while listening to podcasts. Then decided, you know, I think I'm going to launch my own podcast. Did that, but it was about inventory analysis and marketing strategies for small e-commerce businesses. So that was kind of my niche. Ended up getting a job closer to home. And then COVID hit and I got let go in the first wave. And I was like, oh my goodness. At this point, I had launched that one podcast. And then I'd also launched a podcast with my sister 
called Two Sisters and a Cult, where we talked about <laughs> our growing up and what it was like, and also to navigate our grief and kind of understand why, because we couldn't ask the yeah. question why anymore. And so kind of digging into that and so using it almost very therapeutically as well to process our grief. And so I was able to successfully launch both of those. And I thought, you know, I think I could do this for other people. Well, I decided early 2020, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to shift my business from helping these e-commerce businesses to launching podcasts. COVID happened, got let go. And it was kind of like the universe nudging me, kind of flicking me off the ledge there to say, let's go, let's do uh -huh. this thing. And so here I am today, four years later, I have a team. We have launched 25 podcasts. We actually just hit producing 3,000 episodes, which is crazy, but yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Uh, I'm sure that podcast with your sister also helped you guys deal with the trauma of the whole thing, right? I mean, that's just a big uh, word. That's a word that is coming up more often in my life, not because I have the trauma, but I'm just hearing from people. It seems like it's part of the zeitgeist right now where people are recognizing male and female yeah. that, that there's, there's, there's this trauma that is involved with everybody and it subconsciously, how do you deal with it? It comes out in weird ways. And then I think it's important. So I'm going to have to give that a listen. Uh, it sounds very interesting. How do you, so let's get into the, what you do in, in the podcasting and, and helping people launch stuff. Um, for, first question is, is everybody wants an audience. Obviously when you do it, you know, some people are doing it as a passion project, but ultimately, well, we want listeners, we want downloads, we want fans, we want potential, um, customers, all, all that stuff. So, so how do you, how does, how do you help people set them up on the path of getting those raving fans right away? Yeah. So this is what I, I like to say. There's about a two month process entirely from start to launch. And I mean, you'll see the things that launch in two weeks, launch in a day, launch in a month. And I really disagree with that, especially mm. coming from a marketing background, like, please don't do that. Instead, what we do is we actually take the first two weeks of that time to see if you actually have a viable podcast idea. We'll do the market research and it ends up being anywhere from eight to 12 hours of market research. So we're looking to see what are other podcasts in the industry doing? How can you set yourself apart? What are some potential guests that you can have on that are maybe adjacent to the ones that have been on these other podcasts or would help you get in front of this audience a lot quicker? What are some topics you can talk about? So we will dive like really deep into that. But most of the people that come to us, they're already in business for a while they know their audience in and out. And so that really helps to be able to set them up for a success, right? Because 90% of people who start a podcast don't make it to 25 episodes, which is really discouraging and encouraging for the people who make it past that. So what we'll actually do with that market research and that initial kind of strategy is we'll make sure that you have enough episode ideas to get you through that hurdle. And that yeah. really helps a lot of people. Yeah, I love that statistic. Do you have any other ones that are like that? I, I'm such a, I'm, I'm on a, a low level autist, honestly, uh, like I did with the tests and stuff. And and I know and numbers are just like, I just love those kind of statistics because they, they make me, it's a good metric for where you're at or other people are at, or even if you start the podcast, is there any other ones like that? Like, like, a, oh, if you make it to a hundred episodes, then maybe you have less chance of failure. Yes, actually the, uh, I believe we just have a we have a client who's about to hit 200 episodes and only 3% of people make it less than 3% of people 
podcasters make it to 200 episodes. And so she was talking about, oh, I just hit 30,000 downloads, which is incredible. It's not hundreds of thousands, like maybe some people see, but for her audience, it's great. And so she was like, well, I'm about to hit this. And like, how can I celebrate that? And I'm, I was like, well, how have you shown up? How many episodes have you been able to successfully show up for? Yes, you got the downloads. That's yep. awesome. You're listened to in over 100 countries. That is awesome. But like, let's take a moment and celebrate you too. I find that some of my my calls end up being me kind of hyping up my clients of like, you're doing great. You're doing awesome. Keep going. So yeah, less than 3% actually hit that 200 episode point. I want to say it's 5% for 100. Uh, another thing that is good for good note for people who want to start a podcast, but maybe are feeling like it's oversaturated. There are anywhere from three to 5 million, depending if you're looking at Apple podcasts or Spotify uh, podcasts out there. Yep. Only about 40,000 are active. So like regularly coming yeah. up with new content and the average podcast listener that is a very like listens to podcasts on a weekly basis will listen to anywhere from seven to ten, seven to nine episodes every week. And so if there's nothing for them to listen to, they're going to find new shows, which mm -hmm. is where you come in. Right. So like those new lit podcasters that are like, oh, no one's listening. It expounds on itself and podcasts listeners are bingers so the more episodes you have the more downloads you're going to get because they're going to go back and they're going to binge your entire backlist yeah thank you for those numbers and stats i and i would i totally agree with the 40 40 000. obviously you're more of an expert in it than me because you're on the you're on both sides of the podcast realm right uh yeah. but i was looking up i can't remember what the site is where it says i think you could put in the podcast name and then it shows you your ranking and stuff and those numbers are absolutely spot on with that so most of our audience here alicia is um they're designers they may be in the construction industry engineers architects creative folks in that kind of way mm -hmm. and if they you know one of the we have gotten leads off of our podcasts from for us, the the ones I can point to really quickly without naming names would be other architects who listen to us, and then they get a lead, but they're like, we're either too busy and we want to refer you because it's sort of their way of thanking us for mm -hmm. just giving the information and being you know creating the content in that way. What are some other ways that uh, lead generations can happen for folks who start their own podcast who have a business and 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 it's just that the podcast is sort of one of their ways of publicity. Yes. So a podcast is great for consistent content. It's good for SEO, search engine optimization. So you want to show up on Google, you want to show up on the podcast players. If people are looking for a specific topic, these are all great ways to kind of get in front of new people. And when you think of the funnel, right, of your business and the top is where people initially find you and then the bottom is where they're maybe paying you money, then the top is going to be your podcast content. Now, there are a few different ways that you can go about getting leads from your podcast. The first is your listeners, like what you described, where they may be referring people or bringing collaborators into you, or the listeners are actually turning into leads. So I had someone who listened to my podcast for over a year, mm -hmm. was finally able to invest and said, I know exactly who I want to go to because I trust Alicia. I know her and I like her. Another way is that the guests that you have on your show could be potential collaborators or clients. So you could be bringing people in that you would love to work with in whatever capacity, right? And then 
at the, you know, during the conversation, you mentioned what you do, you discuss what you do. And then afterwards you can say, Hey, I noticed that you mentioned that you're really struggling with this. I'd love to be able to support you with that. If that's something you're interested in, like, obviously from a very ethical standpoint, you're not going to just put them into a funnel because um, you're trying to promote them to at the same time. So that's another way. The other way is more of a long-term strategy, but I think it works really well where you have have that listener, you then move them into your email sequence via a freebie. I've seen people do this a few different ways. So either a downloadable or something like that. But then also, this is something that I've seen people do more recently, where they will actually have a private podcast for their email subscribers. So maybe it's just bite-sized, digestible, really digging a little deeper or exclusive content, behind the scenes content, for their email subscribers. And so that's another way that you can kind of keep nurturing that relationship with those listeners beyond just them showing up every week or you showing up every week. Yeah, I love that. So let's say let's say somebody is convinced that they're they're listening and they're like, you know what? I, I, was, I was listening to Lance and Alicia today and I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna start a podcast and whatever business they have for that. What's uh you know, step one, two, three, obviously maybe, maybe getting in touch with somebody like you, but what if they can't afford it? Uh, what's, what's just, how does it, how does it work? Yeah. So first thing I would highly recommend doing that podcast market research. And especially if you are newer in business and you're maybe not sure who, who your listeners are going to be, that is going to really help you. When you think about the the top podcasters out there, the ones who have been going for a while and they're ranking on all the charts, they are clear on who they're talking to and they're not talking to anybody else. So if you can really hone that in, that's going to help you be more successful, but also be able to show up better without being like, oh my goodness, what are we talking about today? Right? Mm -hmm. We don't want to mm -hmm. feel like that. So that planning out those 25 episodes would be the next step before you're even hitting record, right? So planning out those next, those episodes, maybe testing out your messaging. If you're thinking, oh, maybe I don't, this is a lot of work. Maybe podcasting isn't right right now, but I, I want to kind of test this, right? I want to try it out, get on other people's podcasts. There are tons of podcasts that are always looking for quality guests. If you have a good message to speak, then you'll find someone Obviously, don't just go blind in and say, you should have me on your podcast. Listen to the show first, create a very um, in-depth pitch without, mm -hmm. you know, uh, just being like, I have all these awesome things to say. Where can, how can you provide value to their audience? That's going to be important. So test it out. The next is to actually market it before you launch. This is another thing that I see people do wrong so often. They will kind of tease of like something new and exciting is coming. And it's like, no, tell them, tell them hmm. that you have a podcast coming out, get them involved in the process. I've seen some of our clients do, or they will say, Hey, I'm looking at these four potential cover arts. Which do you like best? That's a great way to say, Hey, a podcast is coming. Even if you've already picked which one you like best, it still gets them involved and excited with the process. Or you could do that with your music saying, hey, I, this is the style that I'm looking at. What kind of music do you like for podcasts? Or do you like music on podcasts? Uh, even the format, you can engage your audience in that way too. So marketing the podcast. And then another kind of hidden gem to have a successful launch is to get a street team. And these are going to be your mm -hmm. 
kind of ride or die people, the people who are not going to say anything bad, even if it's terrible, you're going to have the episode go live early for them. They'll leave reviews. They'll leave some ratings. It'll help kind of beef those numbers up. And then on launch day, asking them to share it or promote it with their friends and their, their audience. Yeah. Let's go back to numbers then. So let's say somebody's launched launched the podcast and um they've they've got, you know, I, I've also I know when we launched this podcast, I think we had like five episodes in the queue. So you're so you have a backlog and you don't get behind and it helps you stay consistent and everything. And then once you once you launch it, people we've you've we've already mentioned the word downloads. It's hard to not focus on that, right? Because you're looking for like, okay, are people listening to me? What are some things you tell people in that first year or coach them on to help just keep their optimism up in that people are, you know, if their download numbers aren't like Joe Rogan's, I mean, that's, it's, you know, we keep, we just in this, in the society, you know, the beauty standards and all of that, like, like we aim towards something that's most of us is not real and it's akin to the downloads. Yeah. The download numbers, it's actually really interesting because I don't think people realize that the average podcaster. So if you would be in the top 50 percentile of podcasters, if you get 150 downloads in the first seven days of your show. Wow. That, that's it. Just 150 <laughs> episodes, people listening, people downloading and downloads equals listens, right? Streams, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> same thing. Um, they're interchangeable. If you get 150 downloads, you're, that puts you in the top 50 percentile. Most people like, <laughs> If you think 40,000 active podcasts, 20,000 are not hitting that. And that's okay. That doesn't mean that you don't have a successful show. And I think this client example really gives this, kind of paints this picture really well. They were two co-hosts, females in the digital space where they were creating websites. So in the tech space, there's not a lot of women web designers specifically talking to other female web designers who wanted to create a business via creating websites on specifically WordPress. So they have a very, very niche audience. They maybe got 300 to 500 downloads every month and they were able to sell out every single one of their programs. Wow. So because they were so specific about who they were talking about, they were so mm -hmm. specific about that customer journey. Mm -hmm. They didn't need Joe Rogan money or, or numbers or downloads to say, oh, we're successful. No, they set their goal of we want to be able to sell out these programs. Cool. How many listeners do we need to be able to convert mm -hmm. into that? What does that look like? And it, it took a few months to get those numbers to kind of say, okay, here's where I'm at. Here's where I want to go. And this is something that I think that is also a struggle, right? Is so often we base our numbers on what other people are doing, but I actually tell people don't look at your numbers in the first three months of <clears> launching your podcast because they're not going to be great. And that's okay. That's completely normal. It's like looking at your brand new YouTube channel mm -hmm. and being like, where are my hundreds of thousands of followers? Same thing. So give it three months at that three month mark then look at your numbers, dig into your downloads, look at all of the, you'll get your podcast hosting stats, but you'll also be able to dig into like Apple's podcasts or Spotify podcasts to see kind of in depth where are people dropping off of the episodes, where are they listening from, what are some things that they're more interested in than others. You can dig more like deeper into those or hire me to help you dig into those because I love numbers. 
you could look at those. That'll help you be able to decide, okay, if my goal in the next six months is to increase the downloads, to increase my audience, then what are the things that I need to do to be able to achieve a percentage increase from where I am today? Not a percentage increase based on what somebody else is doing, but based on your own numbers and what is actually a realistic goal that you can have. Yeah. Yeah. What is, uh, what is the most on, or so you, you mentioned in that, in that your last engagement there, it was people are monetizing in a very, those folks were monetizing in a very specific way. They want to sell like this very specific product to this very specific audience. What is, I would love to hear like, what is the most unorthodox version of monetizing a podcast that you have come across so far? Hmm. You know, there's so, advertising, of, of course, but like that's orthodox. So that's like, oh yeah, I got a sponsor. I read for them. That's where we're at. Yeah. And if you're trying to sell anything, I don't recommend ever getting a sponsor unless it's your own business sponsoring because it ends up just taking away from you being able to be the expert and kind of guiding people into what it is that you sell and what you do. Uh, obviously, a lot of people want to go the sponsorship route, but for some business owners, most business owners, it just doesn't make sense. If you're a hobby podcaster, sure, go the sponsorship route. But for other ones, I don't recommend it. I would say one thing that I, that we found was really cool was one of our clients was on another podcast and saw her numbers triple from that. And so not only did she see her numbers triple, but some of the podcast listeners that came over from that went back and binged tons of her episodes. She had over a hundred episodes at that point and they were 15 minutes long. Mm -hmm. So easy, bite-sized digestible. And they became uh, clients for her. She is a, I'm trying to figure out the best way to describe this. Boundaries coach from the lens of 12 steps program and like adult children, the kind of pro, like that kind of lens. Yeah. It's like very specific, but yeah. she talks obviously to those types of people. And that's what her messaging is all about. And like, she will curse on her podcast. And those are the <laughs> kinds of people that she's going to attract. So like, there are so many different ways to do it. And I think that it goes back to being very clear about who your audience is and what your goals are for your show. And then being yourself. Like that stands out in a crowd of people who all want to sound the same or do the same thing as someone else. But if you can show up as you and kind of follow your own interests and your own excitement, that comes through so much clearer through audio. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And then if you can add the video component. Yeah. So that's one thing I want to just state for us to talk about too, is that you don't. It can't just be terrestrial. It can just be completely audio. And, and maybe that's the easiest way for people to get into it. I know that's what Alex and I did for probably about the first 200 episodes. And mm -hmm. then, then we introduced video and then we launched the YouTube uh, channel. What, what is the, uh, and I, I'm sure you agree. I see you nodding. I'm like, yeah, that, that is like push the easy button first, then get more difficult in that kind of way. Um, but can you contrast, you know, the, the positives and negatives of, of audio versus video and, and in your experience with it? Yeah. So I actually started my podcast also with audio only. I'm very mm -hmm. anti-video because I don't like showing my face if I don't have to. I'd rather just be comfortable. But this year, 2024, when we're recording this, we have shifted everything over to video and I'm encouraging all of my clients to do the same. And if someone is starting a podcast 
2024 or beyond, I really do believe that it needs to have a video element, whether that is just in your marketing, like bare minimum, at least your marketing on social media needs to have video elements because that is what's capturing people. The still frame audiograms are not working anymore. You have to have what we call talking heads, right? Like yeah. you have to have the bodies there. That is going to help set you apart and also is going to stop people in their scroll. So at least the bare minimum have that. If you do think, look, I can't do a full video podcast. Maybe you want to do a lot more editing, then that's something that you can do. But I do think that a video podcast, if you're starting one, a podcast in 2024, video is the way to go. And Google is putting a lot of effort into YouTube music and mm -hmm. podcasts on YouTube that they are making it their priority right now. So I think it just makes sense. Yeah, they even just actually made it so like it categorizes you into the podcast because they understand the value of it. I know we do two different shows and, and per week and you're on one of them, obviously, and that inside the firm one, they've categorized that. I hope they will end up categorizing that. So you're hundred percent. What is, how does that feed into, so like we're doing a, a this is a long form uh, discussion, right? We're not just sound biting like CNN or Fox News and all the other nonsense. However, you are with the rise of TikTok, Instagram reels and Facebook reels, then this content can be reformulated in that way. And it becomes a different version of value. What, what, how have you seen that transition? Like, Give me your thoughts about that transition over. It seems like it's occurred over the last two to three years. And yeah. what what is it doing for podcasters? Is it helping? Is it hurting? I, you know, I had a one of my team members mention the other day that she saw an ad for a product where they said, let's take a break and talk about this thing, this product that we have. And they made it like it was two podcasters. So it was recorded as if it were two podcasters. Mm -hmm. But my team member was like, those people don't have a podcast. Like that is, that's not an actual podcast. And there were people commenting, oh my goodness, I didn't know you had a podcast. So brands are starting to almost use this format mm -hmm. of in front of a microphone talking head. And I don't know how that's going to impact us more indie podcasters, independent podcasters who don't have a you know, network behind us to be able to promote it. So that's where I think a lot of other avenues are going to help. So usually we recommend that people are using multiple ways of their podcast uh, to market their podcast, not just using social media. So making sure that you are growing your email list and promoting your podcast episodes on there, turning them into full SEO, search engine optimized blog posts that are describing what you're talking about, making sure that it's on YouTube because that also helps with SEO. Google is actually going to be changing their search page <laughs> very soon. And so it'll be really interesting to see how they're going to categorize not just the blogs, but also those YouTube podcasts that they've been kind of feeding into it for the last few months. So yeah, I, I think we're going to see a lot of shifts very soon, especially with everybody making all these changes. But I think that it's one way that we can quickly and easily promote our show, especially for using a tool. I use Riverside for my mm -hmm. interviews. It allows me to be able to very easily create those reels or those TikToks where it like, I can just click a button and it'll create five for me and I can go in and decide which one I want to use. And if I want to add in captions or 
any type of extra features and stuff like that. So makes it very simple. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I want to give you the floor here um, before I get to my last two questions that I ask every guest on this show. Is there anything that uh, we haven't talked about podcast wise as it relates to entrepreneurs either thinking about launching a podcast and, or they have launched it. Maybe they're veterans like me that, that you feel like they should hear. Not everyone should have a podcast. And I think that sometimes that might be counterintuitive, especially for the business I'm in, but yeah. I don't think, I mean, look at the, the, I don't want to say failure rates, the pod fading rates, right? Is that yeah. people start and they don't continue and I don't want you to be discouraged. So find other ways to share your content, find other ways to do it. And then if you keep feeling that nudge to start a podcast or you're really enjoying the audio format then take that step. But not everyone has to have a podcast. And if you're at the point where you are a veteran and you're thinking, I'm kind of done or I want to do something different, full permission for both or either. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Okay, uh, second to the last question that I ask everybody is, uh, knowing what you know now, if you can go back in time to when you first started your, your business, what is one piece of advice you give yourself? It gets easier. Not that the actual actions get easier, but the, like we're shifting our business a bit right now where it's not as much one-to-one -one and it's more one-to-many doing workshops. And I feel like I'm in the beginning of my business again <laughs> with this new avenue. And it's, it's not that it's like easier because it still is difficult to, okay, shifting the business, but it's you have so much more experience that everything does get easier. You know, you're doing the right thing. So yeah. It gets easier. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. The hardest part is starting, right? It's yes. almost everything ubiquitous. Yeah. Uh, Alicia, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm so glad we finally got to connect. I know we had to reschedule several times, so I appreciate your patience again with that. Uh, you have been a wonderful guest, and I would encourage anybody who is uh, thinking about launching a podcast, tweaking their podcast, whatever, anything podcast-related, uh, to get in touch with you, where can people go to do that? Yes, go to galatimedia.com and that will have everything you need. It has our workshops, our freebies, the podcasts that I have, all of that fun stuff. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you. Yes. Yeah.